When you are looking for ways to stand out amongst the competition, custom-branded merchandise is a great investment for your brand. If you need custom t-shirts, hoodies, polos, hats, or other items, then you need to call The Merch Man. The Merch Man specializes in custom items for businesses, bands, artists, brands, and more. The Merch Man offers screen print, direct-to-garment, and embroidery for small orders or big bulk orders. We also offer online store setup and a complete fulfillment center with the best profit margin in the industry. For qualifying applicants, call The Merch Man today at 304-362-2131. That's 304-362-2131. Custom merch fast and at its finest. to the Brian Reznor Experiment. I am Brian Reznor. I have got an awesome show for you today, and I'm a little bit late, but better late than never. Today, we are going to find out about screen therapy. It's a new type of therapy that's helping people, and there is a free way to do it. Of course, screaming is normally free, but uh, this is a little bit different, and you'll hear a lot about that later. Also coming up, we've got Robert Ripeth, who is the director of the new biopic about serial killer Ed Gain. And if you've never heard of Ed Gain, just get ready, because this is a pretty interesting character, a pretty interesting individual, and you're going to learn a lot about that coming up later on the show. Also, we've got the Great Debate Panel Edition on vaccines. More than uh, two people are going to come together. We're all going to talk about vaccines and maybe get some new information that we didn't have last week. Don't forget, we are building the Brian Reznor experiment one person at a time. So if you know some people that might be interested in listening to our show or being a part of the focus group of Res, please tell folks we need to spread this information as far and wide as we possibly can. If you're on Facebook, look up the focus group of Res join the focus group of res and you can actually form the content you can tell me what you want to hear you can bring up guests you can bring up ideas and we can all share in this movement superior radio network is coming to youtube very soon so be on the lookout for that we're going to need subscribers very soon we're going to open up on august 27th and you will be able to check out all of the superior radio network shows including the brian resner experiment right on youtube don't forget to give us a like on facebook to give us a follow on twitter and to give us a follow on Instagram. Like always, I'm excited to get into the thick of it. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, but coming up right after this, it's late news breaking on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Your systems are offline. The Brian Reznor Experiment on Superior Radio Network. Unemployment, rent and mortgage payments, health care costs, and putting food on the table. These are difficult times trying to survive during the pandemic, and that can only mean one thing. Yes, legalized sports betting is booming, and this is your big chance to finally get out of debt. So join the 47 million other suckers and waste your remaining dollars on the possibility of beating the Vegas odds. Good luck and see you at the homeless shelter. Today on Lifetime, join us for movies like Deadly Daughter Switch. Then, a daughter's plan to kill and don't miss killer competition. Today, all on the network that used to be called Television for Women. But then we found out the ratings went up when we featured women trying to kill other women. So, you know. 
It is now time for late news breaking. Leonard Skinner guitarist Ricky Medlock tested positive for COVID. He suspected he had it when he no longer could detect that smell. Lady Gaga was seen in New York City wearing eight inch platform heels. Now don't you judge her. If you knew how much piss was on those streets, so would you. OJ Simpson says he doesn't go to LA because he doesn't want to run into the person who killed his ex-wife, Nicole. Good luck finding a place with no mirrors, Juice. It's funny that he is terrified to run into his ex-wife's killer. Meanwhile, everyone else on Earth is terrified of running into OJ Simpson. NASA is seeking volunteers to live in a simulated Martian habitat for a year. There's no word what it'll pay, but whatever it is, it probably won't be enough for millennials. New research suggests that there are health benefits from couples who sleep apart. So I guess Donald Trump's going to be around for a long time. A cobra was loose in a Dallas suburb last week. Gun-toting Texans were prowling the area ready to shoot anything that moved. And then they heard about the cobra. 68-year-old Mexican actress Lynn May says she's pregnant. After such an incredible feat, her next big challenge is finding a doctor who wants anything whatsoever to do with that. A huge asteroid called Bennu could hit the Earth in the next 300 years. That doesn't really affect me, but I feel really bad for Keith Richards. Charlie Watts will miss the Rolling Stones' upcoming tour due to health issues. Even more shocking, Keith Richards will not. Domino's is giving away free food, and I'm in as long as it's not their own food. The average American is in a good mood for 59% of the summer. The other 41% of the time is spent with their children. A new Batman comic series features a bisexual Robin. No word on exactly how it's any different from every other Batman comic ever written, but you can read more about it in today's edition of Stuff That Makes Mike Pence's Head Explode. When asked how he felt about a bisexual Robin, Batman replied, Are you serious? Robin is into girls? Guy Fieri has created something called a hot dog apple pie which sounds just as American as coronary artery disease. Mountain Dew branded alcoholic drinks are coming in 2022. Until then, if you want an alcoholic drink that tastes like piss, you're gonna have to stick with Bud Light. A Christian OnlyFans model named Nita Marie says that God has told her to keep stripping for money. She says it's all there in black and white in the book of Triple Exodus. A Republican official in Texas who mocked face masks, quarantining, and the coronavirus has died of COVID. Read more about it in the latest issue of Least Surprising News Ever. Live Nation will require proof of vaccination for concert admission this year, and if you are seeing Aaron Lewis this summer, you will also need proof that you're not currently in a hostage situation. The Lambda variant was detected in Louisiana. Health officials advise Americans to avoid it at all costs. I mean, of, of course, the variant, but mainly Louisiana. A $1.2 trillion infrastructure package has passed the Senate. It's meant to shore up failing structures like Mitch McConnell's chin and to reinforce Lindsey Graham's closet doors. Nominees for the MTV Video Music Awards were announced last week. In related news, millennials are struggling to understand the connection between music videos and a cable channel dedicated to pregnant teenagers. 
Recent studies have shown women are closer to being fully vaccinated in the U.S. than men are. So how do we get the rest of these women to take the shot? I got it. Hear me out now. Pumpkin spice vaccines administered at Starbucks. Problem solved. CNN host Chris Como turned 51 last week. He celebrated with all of his friends and family not named Andrew. Barack Obama's birthday party included a COVID compliance officer to make sure that the event was completely safe. But since Andrew Cuomo wasn't invited, they went ahead and scrapped the sexual harassment reporting booth. Andrew Cuomo has begun his transition to life outside the governor's mansion, and he's made his peace with it. Although he is going to miss the hands-on nature of the job, if you know what I mean. My resignation will be effective in 14 days. Blockbuster News, the 63-year-old Democratic governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, announcing he will resign. He says he had a relationship with the raccoon. He stuffed it down his pants. He was taken to the hospital with bite marks around his genital area. And it hurt. I just wasn't thinking. It's not about me. It's about we. He's recovering well. He's playing and eating jello again. It is a matter of life and death. Fall will be here before we know it. So now the time's right for the first ever pumpkin spice vaccine from Pfizer. All the protection of the vaccine, but each shot has the aroma of pumpkin spice and comes with a free pair of Ugg boots. Finally, the time is right for pumpkin spice and Pfizer. Warning, 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 warning. This is an official PS alert. PS alert. You are hearing the very first pumpkin spice reference of the year. Repeat, this is the first pumpkin spice reference. More are sure to follow. You may now continue with your summer activities. PS alert. If you're feeling stuck behind a mask, I know it sucks, but there is something that you ought to try. A special way for you to prove that you aren't insane. It won't even get you high. Just hold out your arm. It'll work like a charm. It's going to keep you alive. J&J, Moderna, even Pfizer won't hurt you. Come on, do some shots this time. CDC, FDA saying, you really should get vaccinated. We know it's safe. The vaccination, by the way, it's free. So if you love life and don't want to die, you need to go right to the pharmacy. Get vaccinated. All right, we are back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment, and I am Brian Reznor. I'm here with my best good buddy, Nick Ledford. Nick, welcome to the show. Hello, Brian. How are you? Well, I've, you know, I've been testing out co-hosts, and then I, I was told that if if I was going to get canceled, I might as well bring in Nick Ledford to do it. So that's what I've done. I've brought Nick Ledford to the show, and we're, we're trying this guy out for a co-host position. I'm, I'm pretty sure that me and you have a history of, uh, of conversing on the air uh you're not going to get kicked off you'd probably get arrested if i really you know yeah well so. we've got to keep you in some <laughs> sort of cage yeah you're you're a foul motherfucker so uh <laughs> and it's true it, it's yeah. true you're, you're a foul guy but we we were talking about all kinds of interesting things on the show today so i thought it would be a great time to bring you in and talk about uh nothing really i, I don't even have anything to talk to you about but we can Pop figure quiz. something What's out. What's the right? show about nothing? What you got me? I don't know. What's Seinfeld? You never heard that before? I'm not a Seinfeld guy. Are you a I'm Seinfeld guy? No, I'm not. You're not a Seinfeld guy. 
All right. So, you know, when you're watching TV during a certain time, say you're watching it during dinner time, you're going to see a lot of food commercials and all this shit. Well, if you watch a Maury, you ever notice Maury's always talking about, hey, do people owe you money? They about to owe us money now. You got to call Smith and Smith Financial Services so we could sue that person that had an attack chihuahua that you wasn't expecting. No. I have not seen those commercials, <laughs> actually. Dude, you need to start watching Maury. I don't, I don't really watch Maury very much. Is Maury uh, the kicking ass on the, uh, the talk show scene? Maury. Maury is doing what Maury does best. And that's you are not the father? Old. <laughs> yeah, that's all he does. Dude, and all the pandemic fucked Maury because he was doing Skype calls like, all right, you ready? You there? Okay, you ain't the dad, so y'all can just leave that room and fight each other in that <laughs> studio. <laughs> so, man, th- that really hurt a lot of people. I noticed uh, Stephen Colbert, my favorite late night host i watch his show all the time but during the pandemic man that shit got sad it was it was tough hard to watch you know who did really well in the pandemic was trevor noah trevor noah yeah i did i ended up watching him i think he went a little more freestyle or something on yeah, his he end did. he, he didn't have the writers i don't i don't think he still he might have had some writers but he didn't i think he was going off the cuff a lot because he was just by himself he was by himself another one that was uh, pretty good during the pandemic was john oliver's last Last week tonight that uh, in the blank void it was it was really good oh i did see that one so uh, there, you were talking to me off air about um, a new movie you're excited about and i want to talk about it as well uh, what superhero movie did you tell me is about to be the biggest superhero movie in the world i hope to god if dc still is uh, wanting to compete with marvel they're gonna have to bring that batman movie and it's gonna have to crush it's I said, people, whenever Ben Affleck got, whenever he got the Batman, oh man, it broke my heart. But then I watched Justice League and I was like, hold on a minute. This is kind of good. I, I always, you can't go wrong with Batman. And Ben Affleck didn't really do a bad job and you totally no. can go wrong with Batman. Just uh, ask Val Kilmer. Oh, hey, don't pick on Val Kilmer. You seen what he'd been into? Yes, I did. And I'm not trying to pick on Val Kilmer, but he was a terrible <laughs> Batman. And he was a terrible Bruce Wayne, too. Well, he had to fight the Riddler, so that's a good thing you bring it up, because in the new Batman, they're fighting the Riddler. Right. Uh, yeah. And we've got but, the guy from uh, from Twilight. Yeah, yeah, that guy. What's his name? Patterson? Yeah, Robert Patterson. Do you yep. think that uh, you think he's going to be a good Batman? I think so. I've seen some pictures of him in makeup and uh, whatnot. And I, I think, you know, DC's always been, uh, their cutting edge was dark, like uh, uh, dark. Uh, that was their gimmick. Like their go-to point was like, you know, Batman doesn't kill people, but the people that Batman catches fuck people up. You right. know what I mean? Like, no, I'm looking forward to any Batman movie. I haven't actually, have you been to the movies in like the past, what? Two years now? The last time that I went to the movie was when Wonder Woman came out. Uh, I went to a private screening. We got the the theater rented out, and it was just people that we we all know, and we went to go see Wonder Woman. But my three-year-old was an absolute psychopath, and there was no way I was going to be able to do that. So I ended up in the car waiting on the rest of them to watch. Actually, I, I actually Aww. mentioned that last week, too. That's a good guy move, though. Yeah, it was. I ended up watching it on HBO Max later and enjoyed it. That kid will remember that, though. I promise. That child will remember. I know, because one time, uh, this is an incredibly embarrassing story, because I'm going to tell you what the ride is, but I went to Disney World once when I was younger. 
and there was like four or five of my family just waiting in line and we're going through the star wars thing where you're going to sit up on this pedestal and it like rocks you back and forth as you're flying around through space or something it's just a big movie screen in front of you a lot of places have that ride but me as a child i was freaked out and I was shaking the whole time, like walking through there and there's like big explosions and there's C-3PO trying to tell you something. And I got so scared. My grandfather walked me out and I'll never forget that. And I always thought, man, my my grandfather said something real smooth. He said, me and Nick are going to sit this one out because uh, we're going to go drink a beer or something. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> he, said something, he said something cool that made me feel like, oh, yeah, that's what's up. Me and grandpa was going to head outside and going to roll a big old stogie and Smoke it like an old timers did. Uh, now you're living in Detroit right now, right? You're you're in living, Detroit. Living in Detroit. Uh, living in Metro Detroit, the safer area. I don't live down on like seven. Mile. I know everybody heard of eight mile. Oh, that's a scary place. But there's we got eight other miles that's scary too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we got some other scary ones, but they don't rap on them. My uh, them miles. They they just take your car and take your life. <laughs> that's not good. But, mm-mm. So you got some new, really, new neighbors, you say? You had your new neighbors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally got some uh, new neighbors, so I go to them all the time and just uh, – because you're like me. We have children. You don't get – you know, like I'm trying to sit down and watch something with my little girl who just is two. She can't understand anything. I can't explain to her, you know, <laughs> the ins and outs of this detailed story or movie or something, you know, like Star Wars or Batman or whatever. And then my little boy, he's – People always say, like, when I get a kid, they're going to be this. They're going to follow my footsteps. No, no. Kids are their own people. My little boy is said to be, like, really tall and athletic. And the doctor even said, hey, man, you should introduce him to basketball. And I was like, all right. First day Monday morning. No, this dude don't care about basketball. He's he's trying to play Roblox, Minecraft, and all that stuff. So that's like all of the children. Actually, I'm just glad that he's playing Roblox and playing Minecraft instead of watching other kids play those games. Uh, it's it's half and half. He does that shit too. Oh man, that that <laughs> drives me insane. Like when we were kids, there's no way in hell I would watch some other kid play some video games. I, I wouldn't do it. No, unless Not I'm unless sitting there waiting. A- unless I'm sitting there waiting on the sticks, maybe. Well, yeah, yeah. If if you put your quarters up on the machine and you're next or whatever you want to kind of watch and see if you're going to get your ass kicked in mortal Kombat up right. at the walmart no kill because that's the only thing you could do in this town <laughs> well <laughs> Anybody that was from no kill will tell you that like right now the mortal Kombat machine in, at the entrance of walmart took hundreds of dollars from my parents no that's uh, that's oddly specific <laughs> I'm telling you, go bring it up with anybody else that's been in Oak Hill. <laughs> Everybody that doesn't live in West Virginia, they hear my show and they're like, why is there always people from West Virginia on your show? <laughs> like, we spread uh, now, though. We're the good ones, though. We're, we, we spread out. Yeah, we, we have away from it. Yeah, we have uh, popped out of the ground and planted ourselves somewhere else. Me in yeah. Florida, you in Detroit. And, and you know what? It doesn't seem like Detroit is a big basket of greatness. What what brought you to Detroit? I don't know, I don't know why people say that. I saw a list just recently. It said uh, most miserable cities or whatever. And it was like Detroit, most miserable city. I'm like, I mean, I understand. You know, there's there are, Detroit has bad sections just like any other city in the entire world. But... What you don't know what Detroit has is world-class art. We have a museum up here that has Van Gogh paintings, uh, uh, Andy Warhol. It's got it's got like the world's oldest wrestling belt. Like you'd be interested in it. Was like 400 BC Turkey. 
Wow. And it's this big bronze wrestling belt from Turkey. What and do you think wrestling guy. matches were like that? We're back like in Turkey back in those days. I bet you they Other were bloody. Hairy. I bet they were hairy as shit, though. I bet you they were hairy and bloody. <laughs> Sounds like a good breakfast combo. Bloody and hairy. So, uh, How do you did, like your eggs? Bloody so, and hairy. So, Turkish style. <laughs> Turkish style. <laughs> I'm an old Turkish wrestler. I'll take mine bloody and hurry. So what is uh? So you're, what you're telling me is Detroit's not that bad. No, it's fucking awesome, dude. There's a we have an island downtown. It's called Bell Island. You know what's on that island? What? America's North America's oldest aquarium. Pretty cool, right? That is pretty and cool. And not only that, but you know what goes around the island is an indie car track. People from around the world come up here to race on that indie car track. That's on an island in the middle of Detroit between uh, United States and Canada. And it's really awesome. Not to mention only city in the United States that has all four major sports located within the city limits. Wow. Have you got to go you to can- any NBA games since you moved out there? I have. Oh, yeah. I've been playing. I've been a, uh, maybe 20. Wow. Maybe. But not to the new arena. We have a new arena. It's the Little Caesars Arena. It's LCA. Huh. And when it opened up, Kid Rock sold six sold out back to back to back to back to back to back shows. You know, his politics might be fucked, but you know, he is awesome in concert. I know you're not a fan of I've Kid Rock. Him. I got to I've see him. him Actually, when I got to see him, because I was a fan when he first came out, when uh, Devil Without a Cause came out, not the eating grits sandwich shit. I didn't know about that till later. But the but the Devil Without you want a Cause. The hairdo? Yeah, you yeah. Want the yeah, yeah, the kid and play hairdo. But <laughs> no, when uh when I was into Devil Without a Cause and then I then after after that in the history of rock, I just kind of fell off. And by the time Cocky came out, I just wasn't even into Kid Rock, but I had these tickets. I had these badass tickets to go see Kid Rock. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go yeah. see him. I went out there, I seen him. And I'm telling you, the next day I bought Cocky, I was a huge Kid Rock fan again, just overnight, just because of how awesome he was in concert. Now, right now, I'm not really a huge fan of his, but I'd still go <laughs> see him again um, because he's just, he's awesome in concert, period. That is the absolute best thing about live music and that I've, I've missed it so long uh, is... Uh, particularly with these big festivals, say uh, you and I have been to 437 warp tours or something, you know, yeah. the thing about that is, is there's so many other bands that are there that you may have never heard of, or you've heard of and you're interested in. Have you, I mean, I know you've done that. You just told me you did it with kid rock, but say somebody you did, you never heard of. You were like, I never heard of this band. Oh, I, there's a, a highly suspect. I seen highly suspect oh. and I had no clue who they were. I was like, Gosh. Oh, this band sounds all right. And man, they were, they ended up being huge. Dude, you know, love, I love, love, love highly suspect. Well, the first band. Okay. My favorite band in the history of the world is incubus. Is Incubus. The very first time I seen Incubus. <laughs> I the same time with you. The very first time I seen Incubus in concert, I had no clue who the fuck they were. No clue. They were opening up. They were opening up for corn. It was Incubus and Orgy opening up for corn in like 90. I want to say 97. 97, 98. It, it was yeah, right. It was right before uh, Incubus got big. And, and no one yourself. knew who they were. Orgy had just came out with the one song, and they were actually bigger than Incubus. Incubus opened up for Orgy. That's how that's how long ago it was. Incubus hey, was under the I'll give it some to Orgy. I know that they covered a song to get famous, but they have another song called Stitches. Greatest song. To, that, to the day. That's my shit. That oh, is, oh, goodness gracious. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Actually, Find yourself to me. Oh, you probably can't. I don't know if it's copyrighted. So yeah, uh, we're gonna do that. Either way, yeah. That dude's sitting at his computer. You know he ain't doing shit. He's like, hold on, somebody's gonna be singing my song. Oh, he is. He is vindictive like that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, answer me this. I know we're switching subject. This is like a, a crazy uh, subject. But what? What the fuck did the dude from uh, uh, Dove take you on? What's that band? Trapped. Trapped. You're what talking the about, fuck did that dude do? I never caught up on that story. He um, did something right. He Stupid. he went completely crazy, psycho QAnon Trumper, and got banned from mm. a bunch of social media places. Oh, well, nice stuff. You know, here's the interesting part: is I don't know if he's in the band anymore or not. Because oh. they, they were like, like there was something out there saying that he was not in the band. And then he put something out saying that he was always in the band and that he's not out of the band. And now I just see him booking shows. They're actually going to be in the town that I'm in here in a couple of weeks. And I don't know if they have the lead singer, or if they don't have the lead singer. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's kind of weird because on one side, you want to say, you know, oh, I hope he, they don't have the crazy QAnon lead singer. But then on the other side, you're like, you know, Chris is a pretty good singer. So, you know what? What are they going to do to replace him? Also, also, everybody loves a good train wreck. <laughs> everybody loves a good train wreck. Have you ever been to one of those? You ever been to a, a concert where the band is just like, yo, fuck each other. This sucks. I hate everybody. Yeah, I've, no? I have. I've seen oh, it. Have? I have. And I've also been a part of one that I thought was going to go that way. I, I know that there is a, a famous Puddle of Mud show where the lead mm. singer of Puddle of Mud just loses his shit on stage. Mm-hmm. And, and it went viral. Bless. So, so then yeah. I, so afterwards I booked them, uh, maybe not oh, the best I idea. That. I remember yeah. that he was playing down at your bar. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not the best idea ever, but we still booked him and he got so freaking drunk. It was ridiculous. Uh, and he was a, he, he uh, like he was, he ended up hooking up with some dude's wife in the bathroom. Oh. And like, there were all kinds of crazy things going on. And there were like six people that really wanted to beat him up. And he, oh. and, and then it's like, fi- okay. So it's like 15 minutes before showtime. <laughs> Okay, so well, well, now listen to me here. It's 15 minutes before showtime, and everyone's like, okay, everybody get ready. Wes we- Cantlin is his name, by the way. Right, I think it's Scantlin, yeah. Scantlin. And, Scantlin. And they were like, uh, they're like, you got to go find Wes. I'm like, I got to go find Wes. Where's Wes? We have no idea where Wes is. Everyone's looking everywhere for Wes. We're getting down to minutes. There's like, um. we're, they're supposed to go on stage. Every single member of the band is on stage, and they're <laughs> upset. They can't find Wes. It was our job to keep him, I guess, uh, watched or whatever. We end up I, some guy comes up to me and is like man i think what the guy you're looking for is in the bathroom passed out on the toilet oh, and man. i go into the bathroom and there he was passed out right there on the toilet i shake him i wake him up i actually put his arm around my shoulder and i basically carry this motherfucker to the stage i carry him up to the stage we get him up on stage we lean him up against the microphone jesus and then he clicks in and did the show awesome oh. It was, it blew my mind. (laughs) It blew my mind. I thought we were about to have the worst show possible, but as soon as the music started, it was like he was revived and, and Mm -hmm. he just came back to life, did the whole show. Perfect. I I mean, as perfect as he ever did. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. not, he's not fantastic to begin with, but he's, but he was awesome for what he was trying to do. And he was, and he was literally plastered. Probably, uh, probably had more alcohol in his blood than blood. It was, it was a party. It was a party though. It was a packed house. He was banging somebody in the bathroom. Yeah, I, I do believe uh, I do believe that happened. It was, uh, it was an interesting never, night. Listen, I'm part of that club, man. I've never done it in a, never done it in a Burger King bathroom. Never done it in a bar bathroom and never done it in the movie theater. 
Nothing. Nothing. Well, that is probably good for your health in a pandemic. So congratulations. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm on life. Oh, you mean That's your whole it. life? Well, we'll just keep on practicing right. it. Keep on practicing it now because I, I ain't been to the movies and <laughs> it's going to come off crazy now because I'm not. I mean, I like, I like Batman, but I'm not like obsessed with him or anything. I just know that we have a love for or an affinity for comics. And so I have an movies. interesting, I have an interesting dilemma that I might need your help with. So I had, Ooh. I had a plan to do a great debate panel at the end of the show with a bunch of people two uh, two of them that were anti-vax, two of them that were pro-vax. And we were going to have a big vaccine conversation because a lot of them hit me up about wanting to be a part of the show. Since last week, we had a, a great debate about the vaccines that what a lot does of vaccine mean vaccine, vaccine. Oh, vaccine. I was like, Maxine waters. <laughs> no, no <laughs> vaccines. She was you, on the show. No, Damn. she was not. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, all the people that were involved in my panel, except for one were affected in some way or another by COVID and cannot be a part of the show now. So basically, it's going to be me talking to a doctor who wants to be anonymous. So he's an anti-vax doctor who wants to be anonymous when he has this conversation with us. And and that brings me to my question is, can it be with us? Because... I don't want to go by myself. Do you, do you want to? You want to join me I'll, with this anonymous doctor? I'll follow you. I'll follow you wherever you go, babe. Oh, you're gonna follow me <laughs> into the dark. So let's talk about Afghanistan for a second. Things are going oh, fucking nuts there. <laughs> what is? Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's like. It looked like a, a shot from Z Nation. Remember that movie with Brad Pitt? Oh, that's what it looked like yeah. today. No, that's not. That's a, a Z. Not Z Nation. World War Z. Yeah. Z Nation is a really awesome cheesy show. Yeah, Um, it is. It's like, it's like the walking dead, except for just uh, one episode. They don't take anything seriously and they just roll. My favorite episode of that is with the Liberty Bell. See how many times we get off subject in five minutes. We we should time that. We should time it. This is, this is some type of. Okay. Back on subject. What do you think about (laughs) Afghanistan? (laughs) Well, to tell you what, Brian Reznor, I think that the Soviets leaving uh, creates a big gap for their economic and future structure of peace and well-being. Therefore, we may see another desert storm approach. Uh, if not, let's help the refugees out and donate. <laughs> that was, do you have any? Do you have any links to donate to the refugees? That was were they uh, hanging? Were they really hanging from uh, army uh, like? airplanes yeah they were hanging from the wheels of the planes and everything it's uh it's crazy but you know the real big question for me is whose fault is it and there's people pointing fingers everywhere but i think it's really funny that the trump supporters are all uh you know talking about how this is joe biden's fault when Mm -hmm. trump actually wanted to do this too so if trump was still in office right now we'd be doing the exact same thing and the exact same thing would be happening except for those people would uh, would be saying it's a good thing instead of a bad thing yeah that's the fun that's the funny thing about i've thought that exact same uh thought about politics before is like I don't know that it really matters who is up in arm, you know, who 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 the man is or woman. <laughs> it's all kind of the same, don't you think so? <laughs> I mean, other than getting money in the pandemic, well, he didn't. I guess it's just about relations, kind of like a public relations thing. Do I care about what the rest of the world thinks about me? Well, or- I, I I don't know. It's it's also kind of empowering this bunch of religiously poisoned folks mm-hmm. i can't I, I, I used to love me 20 years ago i would have loved 
talking politics, but now it's the equivalent of screaming at this wall behind me, man. It's you're not ever going to change anyone's opinion. Never. You're never going to change anyone's opinion. And that's crazy because we're supposed to be in a world of open-mindedness where we can talk and we can learn. When you mm-hmm. stop learning, you start dying. Didn't Einstein mm-hmm. say that? I'm pretty sure. Well, he did. So he must be dumb. He, he stopped. He stopped learning at some point. He stopped learning. Sure. Well, <laughs> I know that's just the same. But wouldn't that be fucked? The West Virginia would be wiped off the map. <laughs> <laughs> Once you stop learning, you die. (laughs) (laughs) You just just spontaneous. Your head just explodes. Yeah, that would not be a good thing. Did you know about ferrets? If ferrets don't fuck, they die. They like just fucking. ah, Is that true? About that? Is that a true? My life. Yeah, ferrets need to fuck all the time. If that like a girl ferret gets in heat, she's gonna die. She gonna die. <laughs> she gonna she gonna die without sex. Also, if you got a ferret at your house, I ain't fucking with you anyway because your house probably stinks. <laughs> that's that's true. That that those are do facts. You have a ferret? Do you have a ferret? I do not have a ferret. I would not have I'm a good. snake rat in my house. <laughs> Why? What's the purpose of having a snake rat? I no no. <sighs> They're cute to look at, but I don't even trying to really. No, like. I'm not not trying to smell them. Not trying to touch them. Not trying to. Do they do anything? Like, do they like? I have friends that had had ferrets. First off, are they like dogs? Do they know their name? Can you be like, "Hey, weasel, come over here and eat the cheese I got here"? Whatever you name eat. your ferret, weasel. That's an interesting well, I mean, thing all in itself. Yeah. It's after Weasel Zappa, so oh, oh, it's Dweezil. Okay, <laughs> Dweezil, Dweezil, Dweezil Zappa, yeah. the the ferret that has to fuck all the time or it dies. <laughs> It's an interesting. Like somebody fact checks that, and they're like, "Oh my god!" It's, it's, so it's true. When someone <laughs> fact swear, checks I this, swear. it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> All right, so Kirby salesman. Let me tell you this story about Kirby. <laughs> Okay. I'm desperate for I'm I'm like talking about early twenties, maybe late teens or something. And you're like, "All right, let's start earning money. Let's get this job." I see a job advertisement in the Register Herald, and I'm like, "All right," but it don't say what it is. It's just like, "Hey, you trying to be a millionaire, huh? Are, can you add one plus one? And do you like money?" Hey, and see- that's all the qualifications were. It was like, "Can you see blue? And do you like got- green?" Yeah, it was like, "Show up at this hotel lobby." I showed up to this hotel lobby. There's 14 other people, and we're all sitting at these church uh, tables, church luncheon tables at the Holiday Inn Express downtown Backley or whatever. And guy comes in there, and he's prancing around. He's like, how would you like to go to Hawaii? And just like, just just, just blowing smoke all the way up our little sphincters, our little dreaming sphincters. And we're all pumped. And this one dude, just out of the back, he says, you're the Kirby man, ain't you? And he was like, ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is Kirby. Fucking like 10 people got up and walked out of that shit, man. <laughs> so that was the line. That was the line to get rid of people right there. That was it, man. It was like, you want to go to you want to go to Hawaii? If you sell to number one in your market, you get to go to Hawaii. How, how long right? did you work there? How long did you work there? I didn't work there. I was one of the people to walk the fuck out. Oh, okay. You walked out with everybody else. And you didn't know why you were walking out. You just seen people getting up. And you're like, oh, I'm out. No, no I, I've known about the Kirby trick for a little bit. They, it's got to be something. They must have targeted lower class people that are, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're going to start your business in Backley, West Virginia, and try to, like, get people. You're going to sell them $2,400 vacuums. I think them bitches are everywhere, though. It's not just in uh, in uh, little towns in West Virginia. I think they're all over the country, and they, they sell the uh, the franchises to these 
crazy drugged out people from the eighties. It's nuts. Dudes with sweet mustaches. Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah, yeah, huh? exactly. Guys with mustaches, sweet mustaches really. and out of date Corvettes. <laughs> and not the cool out of date Corvettes either. Like the ones, the ones that have been through a little bit. When she tells you, when she tells you she got a Mustang, but she pulls up, you ever heard of a Mustang coupe? Them things ain't, that's not a Mustang. That's just like the front end of a Mustang. Get, get that hatchback out of here. Girl, you told me Mustang. I remember I was dating. I, I, I was dating this chicken high school. Here we go. Subject change number 4,972. I was dating a chicken high school and I hadn't been to her house yet. And she was telling me she lived out country club road. Country Club Road in Oak Hill is where people with monies live. They have a really nice house. Yeah, she lived on Country Club Road. If you was to take a left off of Country Club Road and go down to Holler Way, yeah. So. She, she, she wasn't rich. You didn't, you didn't get any money off that one. Nah, she was rich. She, was, she ended up being a sperm bank. She got a lot of uh, donations. <laughs> she got a lot of donations to that sperm bank. What? A lot of donations. She was offering yeah, up some hors d'oeuvres. You just show up in the exit and drop it off there. She didn't care. <laughs> she, was, she was working for Hordash. Hey, guys, stop spending so much time checking out women on the Internet when you can have the lovely lady of your choice come directly to your door with Hordash. Just click your favorite chick pic, and your computer GPS sends her on your way. Hello? Hi. You ordered food? How about some hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm star. Uh. I, I know I don't look like my picture. That was taken back in my dancing days. But what do you expect, Julia Roberts? Um, I thought... Let's go, honey. Clock's a ticking. I think I made a mistake. You better be a good tipper. I'll try to add it to the card. Star, was it? Hordash. Hordash is not responsible for anything that may happen. No refunds. <laughs> Curry man so sneaky. I remember the last time Curry man came up to me. Curry man came to my door. Curry man don't tell you they curry man right off the get go. You can look him right now and be like, ha ha, you curry man, ain't you? He'd be like, no, Kirby, what is that? Hey, I got a free prize for you out in the truck. What do you say, big buddy? You want to see it? (laughs) Yeah, I want to see a free prize. Go give it to me. You know what he's going to get? He's going to go get some soap, and he's going to go put it on your floor, and he's going to vacuum it up and be like, look at this. You see how clean that is? You was living like a filthy-ass swine pig animal. You need a $2,400 vacuum cleaner. That's what you need, you little punk bitch. (laughs) Kirby. Do you ever see a Kirby commercial? No. No. They're not on TV. Say they just they just went straight up, hey, Girl Scout cookies. That's our that's yeah. our method right there. And I think I've seen a Girl Scout cookie commercial. I'd be like, picture Girl Scout cookies, right? Except for twenty four hundred dollars and sold by a weirdo who used to be addicted to drugs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess we could call this segment weird conversations with Nick mm-hmm. Ledford. That is what we're doing here today. And it looks like me and Nick Ledford are going to be back here in a few minutes to talk with an anonymous doctor about vaccines. We'll be right back. Coming up next on The Experiment, we are going to talk about scream therapy, the benefits of it, and who may need it. Because scream therapy is just another way for people to be okay. And there's tons of ways for people to be okay, but that's the goal. 
for each one of us is to be okay. Next week on the show, I've got a guest by the name of Ipkiss Pinecone who has went over some really amazing obstacles in his life to just be okay. Right now, here's Ipkiss Pinecone with Be Okay on the Brian Reznor Experiment. How many lives can we live with the same heart? How many times can a heart be torn apart? I remember when I thought I knew it all That was many lives ago, many hiccups in the road I was told that the world's not a fair place But you gotta keep it moving to get ahead in this rat race I'm not the same as I used to be I spit my game a little differently Thank God for empathy Head nods and peace signs don't take much to give away If I knew then what I know now I would have friends that I threw away Learned how to apologize when I knew that I was dead wrong Homestead was a bed of thorns I still mourn but I moved on And life gives you experience If you're lucky enough to still be living it Okay, see you can lead a horse to water But you can't make them drink it Like I can talk about perception But I can't make you change it If you're out there struggling Keep on hustling hustling. Everything's gonna be okay If you're out there wondering Bumbling, stumbling, stumbling Everything's gonna be okay I'm mentally exhausted I draw a line in the sand and people cross it I need money but I'm sick of having bosses Suffering losses The only time I'm seeing friends are at funerals Headed to one now The last two died from pharmaceuticals Wish that I could tell you they look beautiful I'm tired of biting off my cuticles I'm a nervous wreck Wondering who will be next I'm feeling all alone Even when I'm in public Hold up, stop It's getting too depressing I need to get out of my own head And count blessings Back to the pen and pad Before it gets messy People look up to you, man Need you tougher than this Light at the end of the tunnel Type of positive shit You know you're right I gotta keep it moving And be the head of a water Like I know what I'm doing If you're out there struggling, keep on hustling hustling. Everything's gonna be okay If you're out there wondering, fumbling, stumbling stumbling. Everything's gonna be okay Okay, we are back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Of course, I am Brian Reznor, and I am here to talk about something interesting that I just discovered, something called screen therapy. Um, we hear a lot of people talk about different things about, that they're they're bothered with, mental health issues, things like this. This is something that could help people, but the question is, what is it? What is screen therapy? So I brought Chris Wilson from the Scream team here on the show. Chris, are you here with me? Yeah, I'm here. Well, fantastic. You are uh, behind the ScreamTeam.club, and this is a website where I can go and and scream at you? What? 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 Tell me what this is. The Scream Team, it's just a way to make you progress more. Um, we ask you to register because you're going to be screaming at a voicemail. There is a 1-800 number that you can call, and you're just going to scream at the voicemail. And the reason we do this is so that you can progress over time. You can go back and listen to where you started out at and see how you're feeling now just with the progress of screaming okay so let me get this straight so i'm uh let's say i have a bad day at work now i i've had a bad day i'm not happy and i come home and i call the scream team and and then what what do i do at that point you're going to hear a little voicemail saying, hey, this is the Scream Team. Uh, thanks for calling us. Having a good day and just want to give a woohoo because you got that promotion. Having a bad day and you just want to scream out of anger. 
go ahead and do it. Everything's going to be recorded. When you register, you're not going to put your name because, you know, privacy issues. But you're going to scream. And when you scream, it's going to be recorded. We're going to upload it to your profile so that you can have a track of every time that you've screamed and seeing what it's been about. So can anyone else come and hear me scream? Yes. Uh, that's why we don't ask for your name. <laughs> Or any personal information. So I could just scream whatever I wanted to. No one's going to know who I am, but they're going to know I'm screaming and they can come and they can listen to me scream or they can scream themselves. Can they scream back at me? Uh, I am in the process of getting it set up where they can actually scream back at you. Oh, so... could that possibly be counterproductive at some point if i call and i scream at somebody and it makes them unhappy so then they have to call back and they have to scream again and then we have a scream out war on the scream team dot club it's a catch 22 it could be good it can be really really good because you guys are feeding off of each other and at the end of the day screaming releases these i don't know endorphins i think that's the technical term for it but it releases a chemical in your brain that just brings you at peace because you verbally got it off your chest. You know what I mean? Whatever's been bothering you, whatever's been bringing you down, you've got it off your chest. So at the end of the day, 90% of the time, it's going to be positive for you. Okay. You're going to be a little more at peace. Do you do this therapy for yourself? Yes. Okay. So absolutely. Can you give me, (laughs) can you give me an example? Let's, let's pretend right now that I am the scream team voicemail. And I say, welcome to the scream team. Scream your head off, man. So technically I don't scream. I rant. I'm a ranter. Like, I don't have it in me to scream. Oh, so I you don't can... raise my voice and like, ah, or anything. That's just not me. I rant. You can do anything on this. You can do it's pretty or much say like anything a verse, you want. It's like a vocalized journal diary for you. So I use it for a rant. Interesting. So if I've had a bad day at work because I do cold calling and stuff like that, and I get a bunch of no's and a bunch of fuck you's and stuff like that, I'm calling and I'm I'm just getting it all off my chest. And at the end of the day, I feel better. So what made you want to start this? I have a bunch of loved ones that deal with a bunch of stress, a bunch of anxiety, depression, and everything. And they've researched where this started out at primal therapy and they like it, but they wanted to see the progression. I'm here to help them. I mean, that's what it's all about for me is helping the other person. So where do these recordings go though? After Uh, time, I mean, I know that they're attached to my profile and, and people can hear them, but they don't know it's me. Where does this, where do these recordings go after that? Cause that's definitely going to be a question that people have. Well, they record to zoom because we use zoom phones. I download it. I upload it to your profile. I have it set where it cannot be downloaded. And so, and I've bought the domain name and the hosting for 10 years. So for 10 years, the only place it's going to sit is the website for you to come back and listen. Interesting. Interesting. So what have you found that scream therapy has done for you? Well, I mean, I guess rant therapy for you. I'm a more positive person. I actually look forward to going to work. I know personally about you, you do a little bit of cold calling yourself. Do you get excited about getting up and making phone call after phone call after phone call. Man, my, my entire life has always been about making phone calls and doing everything that I can to uh, to do as much business as possible. Plus, I'm not your average human being. I, I can turn, totally light switch my emotions. And, and I actually teach a class at uh, the, my place of business about how to deal with people who are screaming at you and not care as much because i know i noticed that a lot of people when when someone screams at them they can totally shut down like that Mm -hmm. people will completely shut down from a conversation that they're having with someone that they're never going to fucking see again and doesn't matter at all so if you could take yourself out of a call emotionally and completely just not care it can actually be funny at how upset someone is 
on the phone that's screaming at you about something that you have nothing to do with. And it, and, and like you say, it's therapy for that customer. Say a customer is angry and they have a, a problem and you let them scream at you and they scream through and they give all their opinions and all that stuff. Sooner or later, they stop. And when they yeah. stop, you can come in and say, okay, well, we'd like to take care of that for you. And this is how we're going to do it. But as long yeah. as you can keep yourself together, that's the that's the goal is to be able to take yourself out of the call emo- emotionally, let that person get all their emotions out and they just ride right by you because you don't care. There's no... It's not like you're going to see this guy at Thanksgiving dinner and have to do this again. This is a, this is someone you're never going to talk to again. So for them, it's scream therapy. And for you, you, you get the entertainment of listening to him scream. And it is quite fun, but there's sometimes that it just, you, everybody has those days where it just gets to you. Right. And that's where this comes in. So this I mean, is, this I'm is not expecting way. you to use it every day. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd love for you to use it every day. Oh, believe me, after this, after this interview, I am going to call the scream team and scream my fucking head off. So I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready. Just like I said, when you register, don't put your name in, put a nickname or something. Oh no, I'm putting my name in. I want people to know it's me when I'm (laughs) screaming, when I scream, I want people to take notice. So I'm I'm definitely putting my name in Chris. There we go. Uh, but yeah, um, as soon as you do it, we upload every night. All the voicemails that we get, we track it by phone number, and that's how it's associated with your account. You'll go back and listen to it. Now, how long have you had this thing going? Uh, we are doing our official launch Monday. Oh, so it is not started. It has not started. It's going to start actually the day this airs. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing pre-registration. Like, as you see on the site, it's already got the register button there and everything for you, and they can still get access to the stream line. Thank God for Zoom working with me until 2 o'clock this morning, getting it set up and making sure the 800 number worked and everything. You can pre-register if you want. Go ahead and use it. But the official launch day, the official day that I'm pushing everything is Monday. Okay, so when you go to the site, you can also get you know suicide hotline help, domestic violence help, sexual assault help, child abuse hotline. It's all there for you to use. Yeah, everything's there. Now I t- mean, now- this is just a way to bring everything together so you can Google. Now, with these other hotlines and stuff, that that is not a screaming to no one. You're actually talking to someone. You're actually talking to someone live, someone who actually cares. So this could be a good thing for people who need that type of communication from people. So if if you need to to talk to somebody about anything, it sounds like the Scream Team could probably help you out. That's the ScreamTeam.club. Thank you so much, Chris Wilson, for being here with us today to explain to us what the fuck Scream Team is and, and what we're doing with Scream Therapy because I was completely in the dark, but now you've shed a little bit of light on it and I'm about to call you and scream at you. Hey, there we go. Thank you for having me on. All right, we'll be right back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Now it's time for a new feature on the show. This is the mashup machine. Okay, we're mixing Buffalo Springfield, Young MC, Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, mashup machine. Stop, children, watch that sound. Everybody look what's going down. 
is wrong Young people speaking their mind Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Quick time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Here on the Brian Reznor Experiment, and I've got an interesting guest with me. This man is making a docu-pick about the first recorded serial killer, Ed Gain, and I thought it would be interesting to bring him on the show and talk about what exactly is the motivation behind telling this story and what is the process of even diving into this absolute maniac's life. I am here with Robert Rippeth. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. So you have started a project where you are telling the story of Ed Gay. Now, this story's been told before, but you're going to tell it from a different perspective. The movie's called Dirty Boy. Can you tell me what went into this idea of telling the story to begin with? I've always been into true crime stuff, serial killer stuff, mafia stuff. Pretty much everybody knows that. But um, when I when I got really heavy into horror movies in like middle school, a, a lot of the movies that I was really big into, Texas Chainsaw Master, which is one of my favorite movies, period, of any genre. And then, of course, uh, I remember watching Psycho with my grandma. I remember uh, Silence of the Lambs, obviously one of my favorite movies ever. And I kept seeing, you know, 
when I would read stuff about the movies inspired by, you know, that, that at least one character in each of those is inspired by Ed Gein. So this was kind of the early days of the internet, but you could get a pretty decent backstory on that kind of stuff. The, the famous crime scene photos are always there. And it's just been ever since then a fascination with this guy coming from Southern West Virginia, where it's really, really religious, you know, and, and knowing some people that because of, you know, maybe a, a drugs in the family or religion without any uh, intellect, <laughs> that's probably a little rough to say, but without proper education can really screw somebody up. Obviously. And I, I guess mean, it, if- it just kind of went from there. I was talking, yeah, I always wanted, I would have never thought about doing an A-game movie because I was like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Master and everything. Uh, but when I first came up here, one of my, my friends, a makeup artist at the time, we, we somehow got to talking about serial killers and specifically Ed Gein. And then I did a bust of Ed Gein uh, for, for a project for a sculpting class. And it just kind of, from there, I was like, you know, hey, tried to get some some people, the people in the business that I know that have, you know, had experience. Hey, would you want to do this? Sure, sure. And nobody wanted to write the, nobody fucking wanted to, to sit down and actually write the screenplay. Went from there to purchasing the actual, I think, it's over 190 page confession and just kind of worked my way back. Like I, like I'd never seen a movie about Ed Gain before. And you know, there's not a whole lot of movies about Ed Gain. I mean, when you mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, a lot of people don't know that those are inspired by Ed Gain. And I mean, when you think about serial killers, you think about, you know, John Wayne Gacy, you think about Charles Manson, you think about some of the more uh, prominent Jeffrey Dahmer, some of these guys that that have a name that everybody knows. But when you say the name Ed Gain, not everybody realizes that he used to dance in the moonlight in his fucking mother's skin. This guy was a nutcase. <laughs> and and I mean, I just wanted to kind of go over, you know, how big of a nutcase this guy was. Now we are talking about uh, yeah. the, the time frame that we are talking about. Um, you know, when when was Ed Gain arrested? No, November, I want to say 17th, 1957. It's November 16th, 1957, actually. That was very close. But Okay, yeah. But nevertheless, that's a, a long time ago. 1957, this guy was doing some, some serious stuff. But when they came in and they searched his house, they found an interesting list of things. And I'm going to go over that list real quick. They found a whole human bones and fragments. They found a wastebasket made of human skin. They found a human skin covering several chair seats like uh, uh some like chair covers made of human skin skulls on his bedposts yep. they found female skulls some with the top sawn off bowls made from human skulls a corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist leggings made of human leg skin masks made from the skin of female heads M- mary hogan's face mask in a paper bag Mary Hogan's skull in a box, uh, Bernice Woodrin's entire head in a burlap sack, Bernice Woodrin's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gaines potbelly stove, uh, nine vulvas in a shoe box, a young girl's dress <laughs> and the vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old, which is terrible. Uh, all this is terrible. Uh, a belt made from uh, female human nipples, four noses, a pair of lips on a window shade drawstring, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face and fingernails from female fingernails. Um, this guy was collecting a ridiculous amount of disgusting, horrible things. Yeah. Like that's another thing too. I mean, it's kind of true crime with like psychological kind of psychedelic horror 
with a cop drama with with some there's some funny shit. And one of the things is when he's talking to the state crime lab investigator, and this is all from the confession. I, I'll have to send you a copy. It's great. I guess you got to have a fucked up sense of humor. Yeah, you really do. I don't. I don't know but, if uh, I don't know if you should say box. it's funny too many times. <laughs> oh, it's just, uh, and he was just so honest about it. Like he didn't try to. He didn't try to. I mean, I don't know what you would do to kind of lie out of that situation, but yeah. he was. He was so far gone. Um, like it, his psyche was just shattered. Right. And, uh, you know, so they, they kind of uh, said that this guy was unfit to, to hold trial. Correct. Yep. Yep. They went from the initial hearing to immediately doing a sanity hearing. Um, and I've actually recently seen some video of that where the judge is like out of the four doctors they had evaluated him, three found him. What was it? Um, criminally insane or, or just there. It was like a lesser insanity, but the, the fourth doctor because of him, it was the reason that you're like, there's no way this guy can stand trial. He, he he said that he found Gene to be medically insane, which actually is to the point of there's no there's no fixing him. He's he's the point he is now. You're not going to change that because he doesn't see that he's done anything completely wrong because he doesn't understand right from wrong. You know, I think they said he had the uh, basically had the mind of like an eight or nine year old kid. Yeah, an eight, um, eight or in nine year of a you know a fifty whatever year old guy. Yeah, I was gonna say an eight or nine year old kid that's, that's a, capable that of doing crazy shit. Oh yeah, you you got kids. You know what it's like. They, some of the stuff they do, it's like there's no rationale involved with that at all. Right, but uh, luckily it. my and, kid uh, doesn't skin me and and it. keep my my organs. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this guy actually, <laughs> this actually died. This guy died of uh, respiratory failure at the. Mendata Mental Health Institute. Yep. It's crazy that somebody who did all that shit was able um, to live to age 77. Patient. He's an interesting guy, that's for sure. You said he's a mod- he was a model he's patient? A, yes. They never had any. They just said that, and I know you can say what you want to on the, it increases the, 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 the legend surrounding Ed Gein, but they would say that he was a, everything completely nice, the staff and everything. But when the moon was full, he would just start talking like all this perverse stuff. I mean, you take take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But I I don't really see any reason those guys would have had to lie about it. He enjoyed dancing in the moon, so I wonder what the correlation. Him, obviously, you know the point. Guy never. I mean, I guess that that can go all the way back to the the concept of lunacy. Maybe there. I mean, you know, they say there's more. I, I don't get very superstitious about anything, but um, even even as a, a person of faith, I still don't. You know. But, but, you know, there's people, there are plenty of uh, recorded psychological cases where people would act completely out of character. I think the crime rate goes up. So I, I don't know. I know somebody like Ed Gein, I don't think he would be too. Uh, well, here's another thing. And this is something we cover a lot is it, once his mom died, he a steady diet of like horror comics, uh, old, uh, like the old pulp kind of comics and then like learning about headhunting tribes and these resurrectionists from England and stuff. So the education he gave himself with a cracked mind to begin with was pretty much recipe for, cause he tried to, there were shrunken heads there and he didn't really understand the process, but he told one of the uh, neighbor kids who'd come, they would come in his house. You know, these kids had to see some of this stuff. Anyway, they saw the shrunken head, and he's like, oh, my brother-in-law sent us back from the Philippines. But he didn't even have a brother-in-law, so. <laughs> wow. So what's, what's interesting is those pieces, um, I've, I don't know if you've heard about Butterfly Effects Studios, but Butterfly Effects Studios online, you can actually buy replica pieces 
of Ed Gain inspired merchandise. Uh, you can, and, and they're pretty pricey here. You can get an Ed Gain inspired men's bifold wallet made of, of, of what looks to be human skin. I'm sure it's not human skin, but it, it damn sure looks like it. 220 bucks for that. Um, if you want an Ed Gain snapback wow. cap, there's a snapback cap made of faces, and you can get a snapback cap made of faces for $499. <laughs> um, they've, got, they've got a human face carousel lampshade, $499. Um, there's a lot of stuff here. You can actually get Ed Gain high heels. <laughs> That doesn't, oh. You could pick up a coin purse. And, and I guarantee you, well, I mean, obviously, your business. Purse for uh, 145 bucks. They do have an Ed Gain inspired chair that's made of uh, human faces and uh, skin and all types of stuff like that. This thing is $5,000. Wow. I actually got to see. Maybe sl- I shouldn't have got into Yeah. Maybe you should have started selling this stuff instead. But I actually got a chance to see Five Finger Death Punch a few years ago, and the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch, um, I think his name's Ian Moody or something like that. I'm not a huge Five Finger Death Punch fan, but either way, the guy was wearing an Ed Gain-inspired jacket the entire time, and and I I knew what it was, but I'm sure not everyone knew what it was, but it looked like he was wearing, you know, a a jacket made of of skin. So this stuff is popular amongst people who can afford it, and it's kind of really weird. I don't know if I would would wear wear any of this stuff. The the, the Ed Gain skin (laughs) skirt corset is very interesting because I can't imagine finding anyone attractive that is covered in in human skin clothing, but you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's $1,100. If you want to get there's it a market girl. though, I'm sure. Yeah, there's definitely a market. So tell me <laughs> about fundraising for this movie. You've got uh, a fundraising project coming up to, to finish the, uh, the movie here. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, funny. The, one of the things is some of the perks, uh, uh, are, are going to be some props, some body parts. So hopefully there's a market for people wanting to buy that stuff, but, uh, we're getting ready to do it to kind of round out, uh, we, we have to make a trip down to West Virginia just for some of the, there's a small town down there that pretty much still looks like 1950. something. we're going to do it here in California, but with it being a college town, that's going to be pretty damn hard. So uh, we're still shooting some stuff here, but it's basically to get some funds there. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, and everything's going to be outlined in the, uh, I guess the, the breakdown of everything where every, every, all the money's going. But to, to pay these guys, I've got some really some some really good talent. Uh, there might be a couple of surprises for uh, horror movie fans. Hopefully, there's a one of the actresses, Angel Bradford. She's actually been in. Oh man, I'm not sure how many movies now, but she did a thing uh, just recently. Shot a thing with uh, Andy Dick. Uh, one of the guys I actually casted yesterday was uh, an extra in Foxcatcher, and he's done like some stage production and stuff. So there's some people I want to get paid because you know. Uh, you know this. If you're not paying talent, um, you're not going to get the best performance. <laughs> That's but, true. Uh, pretty much, it's going to cover that, cover some of the big effects stuff. And uh, yeah, man, if you don't keep talent happy, you're not going to be in business long. Especially when you start messing around with people that do this solely for a living you know but yeah man that that's going to be going up hopefully monday um i got to finish the, the the pitch video and everything there's gonna be a lot of uh, cool perks like uh going all the way up to like the the last year you win a weekend in west virginia with us uh, on the set um get to be an extra 
So, so some cool stuff to make it, you know, because believe it or not, man, and I'm, I, I see you do because you know, you know what you're talking about when it comes to the kind of the the serial killer, the culture, what they call it, murderabilia. Um, murderabilia. There's a, there's a really big interest in that, and it's not all wackos like me. <laughs> yeah, murderabilia. I got a guy, a friend of mine, Eric, runs uh, Serial Killers uh, Inc. or Serial Killers Inc.net, I think. Um, that's where I go to, to get like all of my court, like all my official court documents and case files and stuff. And and that's what he does for a living. And he he, he makes a really damn good living. He he brokers a uh, serial killer artwork and stuff. You know, there, there there's there's definitely a, the people. And I mean, I'm sick too, dude. I grew up watching probably the same kind of death matches and stuff you do. Like I love theatrical violence, right. and uh, and I think when you do, especially a character like that, right? And that's that's what we're needing the money for is to finish up some of the big stuff uh, to keep it as historical as possible. When you're you you really get into that on the the excellence on that side, tell the story the way it needs to be told. Not only are the movie people going to love it, but the serial killer guys are going to love it. Horror fans are going to love it just because he is kind of the godfather of all, you know. And the funny thing about it is I don't even know. Like you said, I, I, I thought more people would know who Ed Gein was. And then especially we got here and started auditioning. Like, yeah, I know, you know Bundy, some of the guys you were naming and stuff. But uh, Ed Gein, they don't know a lot about. And you hear it's like, how the fuck did I not know about this guy? Right. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, back to the, the Indiegogo is going to be going up. And uh, you can go to... Dirtyboyed.com or go to the Facebook page at uh, Dirty Boy. I think it's at Dirty Boy Movie. All the stuff's going to be going up there. And we the stuff we have shot so far, we're going to start showing a little more uh, sneak peeks here and there, especially with the effects stuff. But we want it to be an interactive thing for, for people that are into it, too, because there's never been a movie. The movie Ed Gein in 2000 was kind of close, probably deranged is the closest but uh we want to make it a fan experience i'm like you man i just love working with people especially people with the same interests and i think it'd be cool to kind of have a community come together from these different places and help get this thing done well you're going to be shooting the parts of this movie in a pandemic so i was thinking that maybe you need to contact butterfly effect studios to pick up some of these ed gain face masks they're 175 dollars a piece and you guys can walk around with someone else's face over your face <laughs> protecting you from the pandemic it's a it's a great thing. that's gonna be going on a lot that's gonna be going on a lot on set i'm also taking a look at this ed gain um, tie that's, that's one good thing too is what, what kind of skin's on the tie i was gonna say I'm, I'm taking a look at this ed gain tie that's made of pieces of people's faces and i'm thinking that if i wore that to work i may get fired i don't know maybe not maybe i should save it for <laughs> halloween i don't know it's 250 dollars tie so i'm not sure that's a little rough <laughs> i'm looking at the tie that's uh Wow. That's an interesting <laughs> time. I'm going to get back into ministry and wear that to like some revival somewhere. Well, there you wow. go. That's, so uh, if wow, you want to see, if you want to see these items to go to butterflyfxstudios.com and you can see all the Ed Gain inspired creations that you probably don't want to shell out the money for. <laughs> well, Mr. Rippa, thank you so much for being with me here today and explaining to me what you're going to do with this psychotic movie. And I cannot wait to see it. Hey, man. And thank you and uh everybody keep a lookout on the uh like the peculiar priesthood pages and stuff we're gonna start doing some live events and stuff too so hopefully this will be a kickoff for a lot of cool things man hopefully uh we'll get to talk about that maybe work on some of that stuff together bro i appreciate it it's an honor it's been an honor to talk to you okay so i'm gonna get to watch this movie before everybody else though right oh yeah 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 and that's uh that's gonna be one of the things for um maybe some of the stuff uh 
with, with Indiegogo, but no, but the people that I've like come up with in the entertainment business that have always supported me, yeah, we're going to have some fun, just little private showings around at least the East Coast here. Well, I cannot wait to uh, to get that invite to come see this movie. It's Dirty Boy. It's coming out soon. Check it out on Indiegogo and help fund it, and you can actually be a part of it. We'll be right back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. The Brian Reznor Experiment on Superior Radio Network. It happens to everyone. The bad day. You didn't get enough sleep. You ran out of coffee creamer. And you seem to catch every red light. When this happens, don't reach for aspirin or alcohol. Instead, get tacos. It's raining tacos. Tacos are guaranteed to brighten up a bad day. Don't ask your doctor if tacos are right for you. Because they are, damn it. Hell, you're smiling now. Knowing that soon you'll be eating tacos. It's allergy season during a pandemic, and you need something stronger than the over-the-counter meds so you won't sneeze. Well, now there's Suda Acta Pandema Clara Hista Zyrtec COVID Dimaflona Tapabenefine. Suda Acta Pandema Clara Hista Zyrtec COVID Dimaflona Tapabenefine helps you take control of your allergy symptoms. Suda Acta Pandema Clara Hista Zyrtec COVID Dimaflona Tapabenefine not only relieves your runny nose, sneezing, and itchy and watery eyes, it can also keep you from sneezing in a crowd and getting all those COVID looks. Oh. No, it's just allergies. It's just allergies. Warning, taking Suda Acta Pandemic Clara Hista Zyrtec COVID Dimaflona Tapabenefine may cause drowsiness. Ask for it by name. And now, more brutally honest slogans for products and brands. IKEA. Visit for the meatballs. Stay because you can't find your way out. YouTube. Where the world watches ads. Taco Bell. We make 32 different things with the same five ingredients. Why mess with perfection? And Q-tips. Listen, from a liability standpoint, we have to tell you not to stick these in your ears. But we're not your mother, so do whatever the hell you want with them. And this has been more brutally honest slogans for products and brands. There is encouraging news on the COVID vaccine front. 2020, 24 hours from now, I'm gonna be vaccinated. I spent 2020 home all alone, wanna be vaccinated. Just get me to the doctor or get me to the nurse. Hurry, 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 I don't care if it hurts. I hope it doesn't linger or affect my brain, cause last year was a pain. Record numbers of people are now getting the shots. In fact, 1% of the entire U.S. population got a shot yesterday alone. And millions more doses are on the way. 2020, 24 hours from now, gonna be vaccinated. Only anti-maskers are driving me insane. They should be vaccinated. I wanna see a movie, I wanna see a show. Shoot it in my arm now, come on, I wanna go. Can't lose another year now, it made me feel too old. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Brian Reznor Experiment, and this is where I'm supposed to have the Great Debate Panel Edition with a lot of different people talking about the vaccine and the pros and the cons and, and all of that good stuff. But COVID strikes again. COVID takes out almost every single guest I had 
And now I have just got one man who is anonymous. He is a doctor who wants to remain anonymous, but is willing to have a conversation with us. I brought Nick Ledford with me so we could talk to him together. And here we are. Uh, Dr. Anonymous is what we're going to call you today. And uh, we thank you for coming on to the show. So uh, your position on the vaccine is a little bit different than a lot of other people's position on the vaccine. Could you please explain to me where you stand on the current vaccine situation in the United States? Okay, well, it appears that people are either completely 100% against vaccines or they're for vaccinating everybody. And my position is that there are some people for whom a vaccine is unnecessary and there are other people who might benefit from the vaccine and that a policy of willy-nilly vaccinating everybody um, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Do you think that vaccinating everybody would have no benefit? Do I, I think that there are some people who derive little to no benefit from the vaccine. Who are those people? Who are well, those people? Are we talking about like immunity, like their health, their health, the particular persons? Okay, what I'm, what I'm talking about are in particular people who have recovered from covid because the data is pretty robust indicating that people who have recovered from COVID have protection that is at least as long lived and at least as robust as people who have been vaccinated. So that's, that's one group of people you're saying the people who've actually had COVID and survived it, they don't need to, to get a vaccine. That's what that's you're saying. correct. Okay. So is there anybody else in that group or are we just talking about people who survived COVID? Um, I think that the benefit to children under the age of 17 or 18 is pretty minimal. Um, I looked it up earlier today, and the risk of a person under the age of 17 years old dying from COVID is more or less equivalent, same order of magnitude, as somebody dying from a lightning strike. Even with the new Delta variant? Um, The vaccine appears to produce very little benefit in terms of protecting from the from the delta variant well it is protecting from the delta variant people are 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 not getting sick or not getting as sick if they are vaccinated actually i had heard someone say that the the delta variant is a pandemic of the unvaccinated whether that means they are you know not eligible for the vaccination or just refuse to get it that this delta variant is mainly for the unvaccinated from what I've read, the data in the UK and in Israel seems to indicate that the majority of people getting the Delta variant are those who have been vaccinated. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's that. Our information's coming from different sources because yeah. uh, that, that's not and, what and, I'm hearing. And that's that's a problem right there, which is that there is so much um, misinformation going around. Um, I think it started back in the early part of 2020 when Anthony Fauci did his mask off, mask on, mask off thing. And if he had simply been able to tell people, you know, we don't know, but they come down with these ex-cathedral statements, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, don't do this. And it's backed up by very little data. So are you anti-mask? I don't think that the mask really does much of anything. I mean, I, I don't object to masks. If I had, if the government were to ask me, 
do you think that we should have a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate? I'd favor a mask mandate because you can take off a mask. Once you get the vaccine, you can't get it out and your body turns into an S protein factory. An S protein factory. What, what exactly yes. does that mean? Spike protein, a spike protein factory. Do you understand how the vaccine works? Go ahead and explain it to me. Okay, basically what, what it does is the vaccine, is a, is a, it's, a, it's basically a brand new technology. Your standard vaccine, say a tetanus shot or something like that, or um, for meningitis or for pneumonia, what they're doing is they are injecting either a, an attenuated or killed organism or some protein or polysaccharide, and your body then generates an immune response to it. What, what the COVID vaccine does is they're actually getting messenger RNA into certain immune cells, which then hijack those cells' protein synthesizing ability to make spike protein. That's, you've seen the pictures of the COVID virus and those little things sticking out. And the idea is then your body then mounts an immune response to those, if you will, artificially produced spike proteins. Interesting. Now, talking about masks real quick, you had said that that you don't see the masks really doing much. And a couple no. questions that I would have for that would be, A, why are cold and flu numbers lower than they've ever been if masks don't work? And two would be if the, if the COVID virus is passed through water droplets and water droplets are stopped by masks, why are masks, why do you think masks aren't really doing anything? Well, two things. I think one reason that colds and flu have decreased over the past year, there are actually two reasons. Number one, I think people have gotten a lot more compulsive about washing hands. And for years, people have made a big deal about washing hands. It does, it does prevent infections. The other thing is that I think that there are a lot of cases of cold and flu that are being diagnosed as COVID because they've been relying upon the PCR test. And with the PCR test, in a sense, you can turn up the sensitivity which is what they which is what they were doing for about the first nine months, and pretty much any kind of coronavirus would then register a signal as being COVID. Um, you asked me what, what about you asked me what about water droplets? Right. Um, do you wear glasses? I do, wear do occasionally. Okay, I, I I have to wear reading glasses, and what I can tell you is that you put on a mask and you exhale. And your glasses fog up. The, the water vapor droplets are still coming out. They're just, they're just going basically straight up, straight out to the side, straight down. So that is the, uh, the principle behind that the masks don't work? I don't think there's any good data that they work. But, um, I mean, I, I, every time, I, every time I, I have to wear a mask, I, I work in a healthcare facility, and my glasses fog. I mean, and that's water vapor escaping. Do you find yourself being uh, alone in your opinions as far as your, your colleagues go? Or do you, do you find more medical professionals that agree on the same lines that you do? Honestly, I don't talk about it a whole lot. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is not particularly germane to my area of practice. Um, what I do find kind of interesting is that there has been a remarkable lack of information 
on um, natural immunity, you know, post-infectious immunity. You can find some studies, but you'd think that the CDC would have made some kind of pronouncement, but instead they say, oh, everybody needs to be immunized. Well, if everyone was immunized, if everyone had the vaccine, could we not see an eradication of this uh, of this virus? Um, considering the way it's already mutated to the Delta variant now and the Lambda variant, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But, I mean, could it have been the case if uh, if this wouldn't have been such a political issue and, and everyone would have got the vaccine? I don't think so. I, I think that, in a sense, the vaccine provides something of a selective pressure for the virus to mutate. In other words, if you if you have antibodies directed against one particular epitope of the S protein, those particular viral variants which have evolved a mutant are going to emerge. If you then have a lot of people being vaccinated, pretty much the only thing that's going to be transmitted once vaccination is widespread is our va- or our viruses that are resistant to the vaccine. So you think that it's going to lead to a bigger problem later? Well, in general, you know, from the point of view of a virus, it's not very efficient to kill your host. In other words, if if you, Brian, were to were to catch something bad and were to die immediately before you could transmit it, your infection would be an epidemiological dead end, okay? From from the point of view of a virus, what it wants to do is is to make you as asymptomatic as possible so you'll pass it on. I think I think Probably we're going to be coexisting with coronavirus like we've been coexisting with influenza, with the common cold, with RSV, with that sort of thing. It's going to it's going to be kind of a low level aggravation. Unfortunately, it's it's a it's a little more it's more lethal than the than the flu typically, but it, but it's not an extinction level event like our government seems to be acting like it is. Okay, so I have to ask this. I mean, you you are at least they're softening the blow. That's what I say. They're softening the blow at least, and I totally believe we'll be coexist. I think I think he's correct about that. We'll be coexist. I mean, not that I have any merit or doctorate values, but it, doesn't that seem likely that we would be coexisting with just another like uh, it basically be marked down like a, a, as an illness. You know, like uh, the flu, influenza, or, or something like that would just be marked down. Oh, he's out. He's got a case of the the COVID. So, the so COVID. what you're what you're saying is COVID is going to become a normal part of our day to day. Coronaviruses already are. I mean, most cases of the common cold are coronavirus. I mean, the, what we call the COVID virus now is probably going to continue to mutate. In general, these these mutants tend to be a little more easily transmissible, um, but they generally pr- produce a little bit less intense infections. I mean, and I, I, I want to, I want to caution you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that says COVID is a hoax or it's nothing but the flu. I mean, I mean, I've known people who've gotten extremely ill from COVID. There, there's, there's no doubt that it can have very severe consequences in certain people. Right. But like I said, it's, um, I mean, hell, so does the flu. I'm, I'm old enough to remember what they call the Hong Kong flu back in 1969, which per capita in the United States killed as many people as COVID has. It killed it killed fewer people, but our, our population was about two-thirds the size also. And if you think, that's when they had Woodstock, that's when they had Altamont. Um, basically, I was, a, I was a junior and a senior in high school. People went on as if there was, not, there was nothing amiss happening. 
I so, see that happening today. So yeah, I, got, I see people going to concerts now that are yeah, thousands concerts are, and thousands packed. Yeah, concerts are blowing up. Uh, I mean, I was actually at an event just the other day with like 7,000 people. So it, there, there's a lot of things that are, are happening. One thing I would like to ask you, Dr. Anonymous, is you being a Dr. doctor. Acula. Call him Dr. Acula. <laughs> Dr. Acula. If, if, uh, you, you can call me David. Okay. Oh, all right, David. The yeah. the reason why you are not uh, 100% giving your name and, and putting your stuff out there and why we were calling you Dr. Anonymous is actually that the, the, your, your license could be in danger if you give misinformation about COVID. Is that correct? That's, that's, that's what we are being warned. Yes. Now, of course, the, the open question is exactly what represents misinformation? Because I mean, Anthony Fauci has done 180 degree turns on things that he's recommended. So either he was giving misinformation before or he was giving misinformation afterwards. So from my point of view, what the powers that be consider misinformation to be basically anything that contradicts what Anthony Anthony Fauci has said in the last 10 minutes. Well, I mean, isn't it possible that Anthony Fauci is giving us the information as it is learned about something brand new? Um, a lot of times he was giving, giving us information about stuff he didn't know at all. He simply could have had the humility to say, hey, we don't know. So if you were Dr. Fauci, if you were put in Dr. Fauci's position at the beginning of this pandemic, what would you have done differently than what Anthony Fauci did for the country what, you know, in his position? I think with regard to the masks, I would have said, we honestly don't know if it stops, if it stops transmission or not. Um if it makes you feel more comfortable, go ahead and wear a mask. Um, use common sense. Avoid avoid crowded indoor venues. Wash your hands. Okay, so wait. Now let me stop you right there. Let's talk about the mask situation really quick. So you say if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But mm-hmm. the science that we're hearing is if everybody's not masked, you know, if everybody's not masked, then there's an issue there. There is a, there is a, a way for this virus to spread. Like, for instance, my kids are going to a school. I live in Florida. F is for freedom, and they don't give a fuck about the, uh, the coronavirus at all in, in any form. But the schools are halfway going with DeSantis, halfway not, because DeSantis has threatened to take their funding. So if, mm-hmm. they, if they mandate masks, DeSantis says he's going to take their funding, which is completely insane to me anyway. But now my kids are going to school, they're wearing masks, and then their classmates are not wearing masks, and it creates this bully situation where non-mask kids are saying that the mask kids are pussies, and it's, it's, a, it's just a, a big shit sandwich here in Florida because we can't just say, wear a fucking mask. And as a parent, to me, that, that really aggravates me. And, but what you're saying is that's the way it should have been from, from out the gate? Yeah, because... Because the public health establishment has gone back and forth. Does the mask, does my mask protect me or does my mask protect you? I mean, they've been back and forth on this. But does a mask hurt anybody? Does a mask hurt anybody? Um, they're a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I think it hurts I, people's prides. Hurts people's what? Prides, like uh, being told what to do by uh, this is freedom. Like I, I see that being a lot of the argument. For Seems like that's the only argument. It's like the only argument I hear no, is, "Oh, this is against my rights." I, I'll, I'll tell you another thing. I mean, 
Have you guys been able to understand me fairly well so far in this interview? Yes. Okay. In general, um, just because of the nature of my voice, a lot of my patients have a hard time. And and um, when I wear a mask, it becomes even more difficult because a a lot of elderly people depend on lip reading more than they think they do. So you put on a mask and you're really interfering with a lot of people's ability to communicate. Um, Another thing, yeah, yeah. Another thing is that particularly with young children uh, or with with school children, one of the functions of school is socialization. And you get so much, um, so, so, so much nonverbal communication from the face. And if you basically have kids hanging out with classmates who are basically wearing burqas, they're, they're, they're missing so much in terms of learning how to socialize. Well, isn't so? Wouldn't socialization take a backseat to the fact that there's a pandemic and people are dying? Yes, people are dying. Very few children are dying. Like I said, comparable to, to death from lightning strike. Well, except for these kids with the Delta variant that are that are getting one one hundred and five degree temperatures, and it it's filling up the uh, the wings around here. As far as uh, we were going to have this vaccine discussion last week and i had to get a replacement for the nurse that was going to come on because her entire wing was completely full of children all of a sudden with the delta variant and all these kids were ranking higher fevers than they ever had all because of of covid that's not what we've been seeing here it's not what and and what and what state are are, what what state are you in dr anonymous west virginia oh so you're in you're in west virginia now um, so uh, you're not seeing that at, at the, the healthcare center that you work at? No. What are you seeing there? We're seeing, we're seeing, um, a few people coming, you know, m- most, most people with COVID stay home. We tell them to, um, occasionally, you know, when people develop respiratory distress, they require hospitalization. Typically those are going to be sick, elderly people. So, so I read an interesting statistic and I, I, I don't know where I found it, but what it purported to show is that the average age of death from COVID is actually older than the average age of the U.S. population. So it's 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 killing extremely elderly people. Which is still terrible. Nobody wants to lose their grandma. Of course they don't. Mm-hmm. So how do you protect grandma? By your, by your standards, you're telling me uh, masks are optional, vaccines are optional. What, where's, where's grandma's protection? How about giving grandma the vaccine? Okay, so grandma needs the vaccine. Yeah, I, I, I faced this myself. I actually recovered from COVID, but kind of in, in the run-up to this. I mean, I'm, I'm pushing 70, and I was wondering, I mean, should I, should I get the vaccine? Should I not get the vaccine? I don't have any major systemic illnesses, but I'm getting up there in age. As it was, I, the decision was made for me. The decision mm-hmm. was made for you because you got COVID. right. Right. And then at that point, you don't feel as if you need the vaccine, even though people are saying that you should get the vaccine, even if you have had COVID. I'd like to show I'd like for them to show me the data, which shows that getting the vaccine is going to help me over and above having recovered from COVID. Let me ask you this. Did, yes, uh, if it's not prying into your personal uh, personalization, it's uh, personal life. Sorry. Your job didn't make you get the vaccine, right? No, sir. No, sir. Okay. Uh, I was just wondering, because you know, if you work in a medical uh, establishment, and I was told that they all got vaccines, but I don't, you know, because of their frontline uh, status, but I, 
I guess not. I guess that wasn't the truth. Well, you're not front line, right, David? No, I, I, I do. I do specialty care. Okay. Oh, okay. So the frontline workers okay. at your, uh, your health center there, are, are they vaccinated? Um, I'm going to say probably 30% or not. In fact, one of the hospitals here is planning on mandating uh, vaccines, and I, I suspect they're going to see a large number of resignations. Really? So you, you feel as if there are more people in your field that are in agreement with you than are not? I couldn't, I couldn't say whether that's true or not. I don't know the answer to that. It seems to me like that is not true because it seems like a lot of, a lot of medical professionals speak in a completely different way than you speak about the vaccine. Okay. Do you not? Do you not? Do you not run into that at all? I, I really don't get into a whole lot of arguments with other people about this. Most of the people I work with pretty much respect. They, they, they don't consider it their business. Yeah, they respect your promise. I mean, yeah, respectful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And being in your line of work right now, it's like. It would be like being a police officer right after George Floyd. Uh, you know, it, 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 whatever you say is going to be put under a microscope and it's going to be sliced and diced any way the interpreter wants it to be, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, so I can see why, you know, you're cautious about these, you know, especially our identity, uh, you know, but I can see why you're being cautious about it because especially if you don't want to argue about it, it's, it's like a, you know, like a religion or a, a sports or a, uh, you know, just anything. It's just, well, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's funny that you said religion because a lot of people are saying that science is the new religion and that people are worshiping at the, uh, the altar of science. Is, is that how you feel this is, or, or do you please, do, do you still follow science? Uh, you just don't believe in this particular science well of course i follow science i mean i i take i take care of cancer patients i have i have to pay attention to the latest research but science science is not a body of knowledge science is an approach where you look you look at data you formulate questions you attempt to answer those questions that may alter your presuppositions you come back and figure out, say, so what do I need to know next? And once again, you, you, you try to set up a situation, you try to set up an experiment so you can answer that question. So speaking, of, so speaking of that, uh, you were talking about new technology for this vaccine. Had you read that the new technology from this vaccine has led to the possibility of an HIV vaccine? Um, I had not. I had not. That would be great if it has. Well, I had just read an article uh, before we before we got on that there is actually new steps in an HIV vaccine that was that was made from the same technology that they made the COVID nineteen vaccine. So, that's, mm-hmm. are you going to be uh, are you going to question that vaccine as well? You know, not, we question everything. Don't you remember what he just said? <laughs> question everything. I mean, I mean, I know you're being facetious, but clearly that's that's. Number one, that's something where we're going to need to see if it works. The other thing is that there's a difference between HIV and COVID, which is that at least before they developed the highly active antiretroviral therapy, um, HIV was a death sentence within months to years. At this point, they've got fairly effective medications, but the problem is you're on them for the rest of your life, and they have some fairly significant side effects when they're taken for a long period of time. And I think 
that somebody with HIV could make a could make an educated choice as to, yes, I want to try a vaccine to, to get rid of this virus from my body, or no, I can live with the medication. This this is not like COVID where it's kind of one and done. You get you catch it, you may get sick. If you do get sick, you may die, you may not. But basically, once you're over it, you're over it. That is, a, I mean, from a lot of people's perspective, that is 100% the truth. And I know you think that I was being facetious, but actually, I'm very glad that you came on the show today to give your perspective, because that's what the show's all about, is perspective and getting different perspectives from different people. And, and Dr. Anonymous David, we really thank you for being a part of the show today. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Later, Doctor. Well, despite talking to Dr. Anonymous, my position is still standing. You should go and get your vaccine and you should wear your mask and God damn it, let's get through this. All right, that about does it for us today on the Brian Reznor Experiment. Make sure that you go like us on Facebook and make sure that you join the focus group of Res so that you can add your content to the show. Voice your opinion and make your position known in the focus group of Res on Facebook. Look us up on Twitter, look us up on Instagram, and we are even coming to TikTok and YouTube very soon. So you'll be able to look us up and subscribe there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get notifications whenever the new episodes drop. Be sure to tell your friends about the experiment and the movement of information that we are pushing here. We are here to take different perspectives, put them together and find out the best information possible. Ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind that positivity is the secret to life. Logic is omnipotent. Truth is infallible and life is opportunity. And when you put all of those factors together, you get on a path to the good life. And that is where we all want to be. We'll see you next week right here on the Brian Reznor Experiment. The Brian Reznor Experiment on Superior Radio Network. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Sitting on top of the world. I want to be shining like diamonds and pearls. I want you to go there with me, girl. I'm looking for the good life, good life. Sitting by the fire uh, A lot that day Good life, good life Feeling that breeze A lot that da-da Good life, good life Taking you higher uh, A lot that day Good life, good life Come with me Got my lady and I got my shine Money in my pocket and we're feeling fine Radio's loud and we're playing sublime I think it's gonna be a good day My oh my I made it this far, it's a miracle Floating in the clouds now, used to be miserable Never looking back since I changed my ways I'm on that good life tip today I'm looking for the good life, good life Sitting on top of the world I wanna be shining like diamonds and pearls I want you to go there with me, girl I'm looking for the good life, good life Baby, we can have it all We can make love by the waterfalls I'm living that good La da da da, good life, good life, sitting by the fire. Uh, la da day, good life, good life, feeling that breeze. La da da da, good life, good life, taking you higher. This has been a product of Superior Radio Network. This is not just a podcast. The House of Kayfabe with Brian Resner and Stephen New. 
This is a tribe of devoted superfans that have crashed through the barricades, torn down barriers, and broken through the fourth wall. This is a creative think tank full of people who have given way too much of their lives to professional wrestling to not be getting a paycheck. This is a secret society of elite fans from all over the globe. And guess what? It isn't a secret anymore. House of Kayfabe featuring Jim Cornette's lawyer Stephen P. New is available now on all major podcast platforms. Just click subscribe to join the Kayfabe stream and get access to unbelievable interviews, in-depth discussions, hilarious segments, and exclusive content. This is the fan-driven podcast you have been looking for. House of Kayfabe with Brian Resner and Stephen New. At the law office of Stephen New, we take a team approach to your case. Our staff and paralegals are excellent and will assist you through every step of your case. We employ world-class experts to make sure that your case is developed to its maximum value. When you seek legal counsel, choose Stephen New and his team. They'll work together to achieve the best results for your case and support you every step of the way. Our clients, why we do what we do the law office of Stephen New. When it comes to your brand, your visual presence is so important. You can't just get anybody to take care of that for you. When you are trying to take your image to the next level, you need to contact Eli Brazil at Eli's Digital Concepts. Eli specializes in improving your look with cutting-edge graphics that set you apart from the rest. He has done work for franchise with Shane Douglas, House of Kayfabe, Dan Healy, RTW, and many more. Eli's Digital Concepts is your one-stop shop for all types of graphic design, such as rebranding, photo manipulation, posters, logos, letterheads, t-shirt designs, mock-ups, and even AutoCAD work. You can catch Eli on Instagram at Eli's Digital Concepts, on Twitter at Eli's Concepts, on Facebook at Eli's Digital Concepts, or you can email him directly, Eli's Digital Concepts at gmail.com. Eli's Digital Concepts, custom artwork you have to see to believe.